0: Ian, do you believe in miracles? No, Brad. What about Christmas miracles?
1: Well, that's still a kind of miracle, so still, no.
0: What about a karate Christmas miracle?
1: Hmm, tell me more. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something
0: extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles
1: you ever feel as
0: if your mind had started to erode? What? Let's rock indeed. Welcome to 1,000 Wives of Weird, a podcast that celebrates weird movies. And it is time for our Christmas Spectacular, one of my favorites every year. Although this one was a, uh, this was, finding this movie was a challenge. I'll get into that in a second here. First off, with me for the first Christmas of his 1,000 Wives career is... Ian Kiefer. Yes, Chief Keefe, the young cat. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, welcome. Welcome to the Christmas Lodge, the the upstate uh, New York manse that we, we are currently in to uh, The Fire is Roaring. You can't hear it. It's one of those silent fires. The two previous Christmas episodes we've done for this show uh, that Billy and I did contain Two of my all-time favorite pieces of Christmas visual media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seasons of Belief from Tales from the Dark Side with our buddy the Grither, which I made Ian watch last night. Which was fantastic. Oh my god, I love it. So it's so fucked up.
1: It's so fucked up.
0: (laughs) As we say in that episode, you need to go into that not knowing what's about. Please look Mm -hmm. up uh, Seasons of Belief, Tales from the Dark Side, and just, uh, oh man, yeah. Just add the Grither song to your caroling list. Uh, oh, God. I am the Grither, you can Oh, my God. And also, <laughs> Day of the Beast, which we talked about last year, which is one of the most singular and incredible movies ever made and is a better alternative Christmas movie than Die Hard or what have you. And Ian still needs to see that.
1: I, I will watch it by Christmas.
0: You should watch it. On Christmas with your grandparents.
1: I should watch it on Christmas, maybe not my
0: grandparents. Those two, uh, not only do I love them, which I was hoping to find something that I loved equally and was just as awesome this time, uh, that did not happen. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know. It's pretty great. It's great. It's great in its own way. (laughs) It's great in a very specific way. But I also wanted to find something that really incorporated Christmas. Like, we talked about Brazil and the Green Knight. And I I said to you, like, maybe we'll do a Christmas in July thing where we can get some of those in. This was the only one that felt right. And I watched some trash to find this trash. I watched the... Michael Shannon, Ian McShane, Christina Hendricks, Judy Greer, uh, Tom Lennon uh, movie, Netflix original movie, Pottersville, where Michael Shannon is mistaken for Bigfoot, and that was a dud. I watched the Hulk Hogan movie Santa with muscles, and that was that was close. That was close because that is weird and shitty, but it didn't feel right. I watched the Kirk Cameron movie Saving Christmas, which was. Um, <laughs> interesting it was interesting because it wasn't like a war on christmas thing it wasn't like hey atheists hey secularists you're wrong it was saying like it was pointing the finger at other christians who were like uh christmas is based on a pagan holiday and we shouldn't have the tree or believe in sand or anything kirk cameron's like uh-uh you should uh <laughs> so that was that was an odd beast but i i didn't <laughs> And it could work, but I didn't want to just spend a Christmas episode shitting on Christianity. It seems a bit gauche. We can do that in our Last Temptation of Christ episode if we ever do that. There you go. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. And we're both atheists and we're saying that. Do you want a Christmas fact for the
1: day, Brad? Sure. I got a Christmas fact from my college class now. Yeah. So St. Nicholas was this like, priest guy in Germany who was like traveling around and he comes to this restaurant and he finds these children that have been killed and are being basically burnt and cooked in a pot. And he goes up to them and he does some Christmas magic and they come back to life. And that's who his elves are.
0: Oh, is that what the elves are? Um, I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I knew about the resurrecting dead children because in Ari the Rugged Man's wonderful rap song, Crustified Christmas, he mentions that St. Nicholas resurrected the bodies of mutilated children. Ari the Rugged Man, another connection with the show, Good Friends with Frank Hennenlotter. Ah, um, okay. Crustified Christmas, great Christmas rap song. You got to post that one on your Facebook
1: every day. I will.
0: I, I've, I've fallen behind with that, but I'm going to try to, the last push here. I'm gonna- I was listening
1: to... Uh- Wesley Willis yesterday, and he has a Christmas song.
0: Does he? Wesley Willis is a lot of fun. I love Wesley I Willis. I whooped Santa's ass. That's is that good. it? Yeah. That I think sounds- That's
1: all of his songs. He whooped <laughs> everybody's ass.
0: Rock over North Pole. Rock over South Pole. Wheaties. Breakfast of Champions. <laughs> R.I.P. Wesley Willis.
1: I love how he released two albums, and then he released two greatest hits albums, which is just everything he's made.
0: Yeah, that sounds exactly like well- Wesley Willis. I uh, love him, but oh, he's great—true outsider art. Scary. So this this movie that we're talking about today, a karate a karate Christmas miracle, uh, the art of the empty hand for the baby Jesus. Um,
1: mm, yes.
0: it's been on my radar. In my comings of letterbox list, I had found this. And the the poster art, the box art, I'm sure this was straight to digital. Uh, oh. So I doubt there was anything. But uh, the the iconography for this movie uh, is so amateurish. I was like, and just the name, I was like, hmm, tell me more. So mm-hmm. this was on my radar. And I was like, okay. I was down to like, I I had three I wanted to check. I wanted to check Bloodbeat a movie about a samurai ghost in Wisconsin. I wanted to check uh, The Bloody Exorcism of Coffin Joe, which I started, but did not seem to incorporate Christmas that much, even though yeah. I love the Coffin Joe movies. You should check those out. They're awesome. But And also the third was A Karate Christmas mm-hmm. Miracle. And I skipped to this one, and I'm glad I did, because this is the one that felt right. This is, uh, this is something. This is... Uh, All right, we'll hit you with a brief synopsis. A young boy's father has been missing for a year, and he believes that if he gets his black belt by Christmas Day, his father will come back. And that's the gist. And that's the gist, even though that's actually, like, the movie's B-plot. Oh, God, yeah. Maybe even C. Very little time is spent on this karate or this kid. (laughs) It's mostly about a workaholic mom this is going to sort of lead into recommendations. This is, I don't much believe in the good, bad movie anymore. Mm. Like I have pretty much settled on if I enjoy a movie for whatever reason, then it is good. Like if, if it's, this is a good, bad movie because this movie is bad. Oh, it's awesome. it is a stinker, but it is baffling and hilarious and stupid. Ian, would you recommend a karate Christmas miracle?
1: It's a miracle, but yeah, I would recommend this movie. <laughs> uh, when you told me we were watching this, I bad things went through my head. I thought it was going to be a bad C movie of like this kid being a ninja. Um, and I, I can say I did enjoy it. I cannot say it's a good film by any means. No,
0: because it's not.
1: It's not. It's not. But I would recommend it to anyone. It was so much fun. It's,
0: like I said, it's baffling. It, a large, large swaths of the movie are completely inconsequential. This is something that if you like have a bad movie night with friends, this is the perfect Christmas choice because like, it's, it's again, it's bad, but it's not, it's bad in the right ways, like the room or yeah. something. Cause this is, we're going to get into it, but this is a vanity project. Oh Yeah. This is very much a vanity project. So it's not like, cause we talked about like Santa Claus versus the devil and stuff like that, which are just sort of like bad, bad. I think this is going to make you laugh. It's going to make you say what the fuck it's oh. going to make you believe in karate Christmas miracles. There are um, there's so many times in my notes where I just wrote what
1: with so many question marks and exclamation marks. I didn't even know what to write. It's like, what is going on? <laughs>
0: Yeah, in my letterbox review, here's my letterbox review. I, I I said, "Twin Peaks, Fire Karate Chop with me, or after last holiday season, because <laughs> as insane as it sounds, this movie has Twin Peaksy bits about it, yeah. and is so disjointed and nonsensical, it feels like after last season.
1: It's extremely um, Lynchian. That's one of my notes."
0: Like it is, it is a little person away from being Twin Peaks Christmas. Lynch
1: had no talent, which is going to be my Letterbox review.
0: So, are you ready to get into the walkthrough? So, do you recommend a Karate Christmas? Oh, yes, I do. I do uh, not if you have to take notes on it because that was a. A process I began at 7 last night and finished at 11 this morning. And this is an 81-minute movie. And over long at 81 minutes. Let's it say that now. Long. That's one of my notes. It's way too long. All right. Do you want to get your background info? Sure. I have a little bit. Uh, and right. then we can throw into yours. This is from 2019. And this movie might have caused COVID. <laughs>
1: That's what this- I was going to write.
0: Uh, but it's directed by julie kimmel Mm -hmm. who doesn't seem to have done a lot else but -hmm. she runs a company called jam productions which among various video services and some drone operating which we see in the opening they also offer time capsule services really Yes, and it's like not like a burying time capsule. I guess it's like a digital archive type thing. But they offer plans that uh, last up to 300 years. And I'm like, (laughs) that sounds optimistic on a lot of levels. (laughs) Julie Kimmel also had a hand in the writing, but it seems like this was mostly the work of a man we're going to be talking a lot about, Ken Delvecchio. <laughs> uh, also a man who mostly worked as a best boy called David Landau was involved in the writing as well. And this is a, a product of I believe it's Ken DelVecchio's Vecchio's production company, Justice for All Productions.
1: It is, yep. So you said about Ken Delvecchio. He was a lawyer. Yes. Who stepped down. He was actually a judge who also stepped down. And he stepped down from being a judge after his movies were promoting his political views. Wonder if that'll come into question tonight.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen any other uh, Ken DelVecchio movies. He has he, he has like 30 credits to his name. I yeah. want to check them out. I, I started to watch the spiritual sequel to this movie, oh, A Christmas. Wrestling Christmas Miracle. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Ken DelVecchio is also a con- congressional candidate.
1: The other really interesting thing to me is, so this film premiered in the Hoboken International Film Festival. Which, which Ken Delvecchio created.
0: He did create. Julie Kimmel is on the, she's either like the chairman or director or on the board of directors for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also um, like certifies my philosophy of everything trashy comes out of Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Uh, also, we see an actress, I wrote it down somewhere, uh, I think the mom wears a Hoboken Film Festival sweatshirt in the film.
0: She does, she does towards the end. Ken Vecchio. I'm going to say it up top, is very clearly a narcissist. He very clearly thinks that he's the greatest person ever, because not only is this movie it seems that people are waiting like ankle deep and just frame pictures of Ken Delvecchio through half this movie. But anytime there's a book, it is a law book written by Delvecchio, presumably Ken Delvecchio. I would
1: say this has a solid 1.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this is an IMD, IMDb review I saw, and I don't know if it's true, but it's called better than end game. And the review is, for having a $1.5 million budget, this movie is trash. Don't waste your time. One star. I can't see this having a $1.5 million budget. There's no way.
0: I can see Ken Vecchio, based on the little I know about him, doing a lot of money laundering through this film.
1: Yeah, that too. Or
0: this could have just been, like, all that went to his son's salary. Yeah, that too. Mario Del Vecchio had a million dollar quote. His son is awful in this. He is. We'll get to it. And then the only
1: thing I have left is that the tagline was, it could only happen on Christmas. I mean. <laughs> a lot of things I, could only happen on Christmas.
0: I, I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that's scientifically true. Are you ready to get into it? Yes, but it is Christmas time. And the beautiful, the beautiful... I love this woman. I'm in love with her. Uh, we don't do dude talk on this show, but I am enamored with Abby Genesis. Uh, she's played by Mila Milosevic, and she's a Serbian lady. Oh, nice. And in a coincidence that has probably not helped her career, aside from being in this movie, there's another Serbian Mila Milosevic who appeared in a Serbian film, and I don't think... Uh, <laughs> And anyone doing the little Googles is gonna be like, hmm, first off, let's talk about the last name Genesis and how that's like, unless you're a Sega, unless your first name is Sega, that's not a last name that people have. No. Or like uh like a pro wrestler, that'd be a good pro wrestler name, like, oh Carl Genesis, I'm gonna I'm gonna power bomb you back to the Garden of Eden.
1: That's the interesting thing about the whole Genesis thing, because obviously, like, we'll get it's all. There's conservative propaganda and there's Christian propaganda in the film. A little bit, but it's never. It's, it's not, not overbearing, is the thing. It's like barely there. It's almost an afterthought. Because even when you said his last name is Genesis, I think we only see that in like maybe a card or something, and they might say it once. But it's yeah. not like he says like I'm Kenneth Genesis or no, his name's not Ken. I forget <laughs> Bob. Yes, uh, Jesse Genesis. It's like he doesn't really say it out loud that much to like try to overbear Christianity. Anymore.
0: It's meaningless. It means nothing. That yeah. like, unless Jesse is such a prodigy that like he is. It's a new birth. It's a new beginning. He is. They are the genesis of the second of the Ubermunch. But I, I am in love with Mila Mosevich. She is a relentlessly beautiful. Uh, meh actress. Relentlessly, relentlessly meh actress. Very much. But love is all about overcoming obstacles like that and we have plenty of time to talk about her acting and couples therapy. (laughs) And the mandatory acting workshop we'll have on our honeymoon when we inevitably get married. Well, I'll be your acting coach.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna get Ian McKellen from that uh from that Ricky Gervais show (laughs) from extras
0: where it's like when I'm pretending to be a workaholic mom, I'm not really a workaholic mom, I'm just pretending to be. She calls for her son, Jesse, but he doesn't answer. And she goes upstairs and finds her son listing presidents in European countries, after which he crosses uh, something off a list that says, like, name 20 European countries and list the last Mm -hmm. 10 presidents. Now, Jesse, as we alluded to before, is played by Ken Del Vecchio's son, Mario. And Mario is 10 years old when he made this movie, and I don't really want to shit on a 10-year-old because I... But he's awful. He's awful. awful. He he's is awful. awful. He's awful, but there's more at play here. There's more <laughs> play here because not only is this 10-year-old a shitty actor, but uh, one, he was a blue belt at the time. Oh, I don't even know how to approach this. Okay, so along with this and... A Wrestling Christmas Miracle, it's clear that uh, Daddy Del Vecchio is just like, what's my baby boy into? I'll make a whole ass movie about it and about how he's the best and he's so good. And I found this article from uh, NorthJersey.com where yeah. uh, Kenny, Kenny Delvecchio is just like, yeah, I wouldn't put my son in a movie if he weren't good and he's really good. And Mario's like, yeah, I'm really good. And I'm like, oh man, you're... You're growing up with some skewed uh I hate this family. But I just I just hope that Mario grows up and is like, Yeah, um, there's some really cringy movies my dad made when I was a preteen about how I'm the best at everything and he's the best at everything.
1: Well, you know Mark, Mario definitely went to some Jersey school and they walked in and was like, I'm in like 30 movies. How do you <laughs> feel about that?
0: I would believe it. I would believe it. One
1: of the things we skipped over is you said he was uh, listing presidents, and he gets to Richard Nixon, and uh, I forget the mom's name. You said it's Abby. Abby. Abby comes in and she says Richard Nixon was impeached, and a little history lesson for Ken Vecchio. Richard Nixon was was impeached, so the kid's wrong. But also, he would still be president <laughs> even if he was impeached. He
0: was still yeah, president. no. It doesn't erase but him from history.
1: This guy's a law lawyer, law
0: professor, judge. So. Yeah. But my immediate vibe on first seeing uh, little Mario, Mario Lito, was that he was autistic. Yeah. I have his young spectrum on here, yeah. But, like, two things about that. One, it could just be really bad acting, really bad child acting. And also, like I said, I watched a bit, little bit of Wrestling Christmas Miracle, and I do not get those vibes. So I think it's just bad acting. Also, okay. I think if Mario were autistic, his dad would be like, my autistic son is a black belt in karate and is a wrestling champ and he's a great actor and he he overcomes so much. He seems like that kind of guy. Now, again, I haven't seen all of it. And I, I, I don't know if I'll watch, I'll finish that. It's It's like 60 minutes, so it wouldn't be that tough. Mm, yeah. There's also another integral movie that we'll get into that. That's part of a karate Christmas miracle, but a wrestling Christmas miracle is important to understand two things. Okay. Ken and Mario Del Vecchio, but especially Ken are the most important and the greatest people in the world. <sighs> And two, that Ken is very rich and can just make movies about how his son is so good at his hobbies. But anyway, this this thing, this hit list that uh, Mario is is counting down is his 12 days of Christmas list. Because apparently Jesse is fucking Hercules. He has to uh, clear out the Aegean stables and uh, kill the Hydra. And he has to complete the 12 labors before Christmas. Because last year, Daddy Del Vecchio uh, told him that if he completed everything on the list, he could have whatever he wanted. This Mm -hmm. year, all he wants is for Dad to come back. Now, my first question. First question, who assigned these tasks? Dad? (laughs) Did Dad send them? Did Jesse decide on them arbitrarily? Was this a message from God? Because we're going to see that Jesse has some prophetic... Uh, dreams. He's he's a a kind of
1: art sort. uh,
0: Very much so. Very much uh, uh, the maiden of... uh, Orleans? Yes. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, Abby explains that Dad isn't coming home. Hmm. And Jesse says he's not gone and he believes in the list. Already this movie is confusing as fuck because we're not going to be told what this situation with Dad is for quite a bit. Oh god, no. I assumed he was dead. From the beginning, I assume that he was just a dead man. It's like, of course your fucking karate list is not going to bring your dead-ass dad back. I still don't know if he isn't by the end of this film, to be honest. Then you have a a wild-ass take, my friend, that I can't wait to hear (laughs) more about. But we're going to find out that Daddy Genesis is not dead. He's just been missing for a year, for almost exactly one year. Next, we're at Jesse's Dojo where he has a weak ass fight with another kid now granted these are children they're sparring they can't like have them go full kumite on each other yeah no, but no. like here, here's an idea like if jesse is so good at karate what if he like is fighting an adult yeah and then there you he go. can go ham and we can really see jesse's supposed chops which i don't think exist Instead, he just fights the same kid over and over and over again. I mean,
1: even like, we'll talk about this, but like the karate kid, even that has better, like way better karate. And I mean, they're not that much younger or older than uh, Jesse is and everything. Uh,
0: I just want to see Jesse put his fist. Like that should have been the black belt test. We're going to learn that the black belt test is he has to break a board. It's insane. (laughs) It's. We'll get to it because it's the ending is a whole a whole kettle oh, of fish. God. But the ending should have been that like Jesse has to kill a man with his bare hands to get his black belt, or like rip out someone's heart, or just like uh, put his fist through a, a school bus. I think uh, David Carradine should
1: have been in this film, and he should have had to fight fight David Carradine at the end, <laughs> but he hung himself instead.
0: So uh, while Jesse is karateing around. <laughs> beating up one of the only minorities we see because it's uh, a small Asian child. Abby is on her phone doing workaholic mom shit. That's her only character trait is that she's a workaholic mom. We don't learn her job
1: till like halfway. Of-
0: well, we can, we can divine it from what she's doing. Cause she's talking about, yeah. no, she's not talking about gravy yet, but yet. she's, she's an advertising slash marketing, which is the laziest occupation for anybody to have. Absolutely. in a movie like it's always the default jesse wins the sparring match like he does every single time abby asks to see his sensei uh who, who's who, where's your teacher where's he at It's like it's the sensei and also she's a woman it's a it's a woman <laughs> it's a woman yes that object is a woman, which I feel like we're supposed to go like, Ooh, how progressive Kenneth, you're really making waves in the karate world. But more importantly, we find out that Jesse has dismissed this woman, like his supposed teacher. He is going to, he's taking his karate journey to the West on his own. He, he's, he has to earn his black belt by himself and he has five days to do it. Smell my dick. Wait a minute. Hold up. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> And I I, I tried to look this up, Uh, but it's hard to, it's like such a specific thing to search for. Mm -hmm. But from what I saw, like, no, this is not how any of this works.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: Uh, This is a specialized skill. It's not like a merit badge where you can go to your scout leader and be like, yeah, I looked at Bugs for eight hours. Give me the badge. Um, (laughs) And now granted, especially depending on the sort of, Karate school you're going to, uh, a belt does not mean much. It's just a bit of cloth. Like you can go to a, a karate school that'll give you a black belt in like two years. Yeah, and they'll teach you, but you still have to like take the lessons. Yeah, of course. But this is the thing. This is the thing, and we see this in a Chris, uh, wrestling Christmas miracle too. At the beginning of that movie, we're told that Mario's character has won. 50 straight wrestling matches at age 12, and he has never had any formal training. Oh, my God. Either Ken or Mario thinks that Mario is, like, just a preteen prodigy of unarmed combat, just like a child built to kill. Yeah. Like the baby Jesus himself sent to Earth just to murder. Absolutely. Next. Okay. So this movie is already weird and stupid I don't know how and you're dumb. Even to describe this. <laughs> I've glossed over a lot because it's not only is it nonsense; it's all yeah. nonsense, but it is ultimately completely unimportant. The plot.
1: Brad, do you know what I think this movie is missing? What? Eric Roberts.
0: That's what it needs. Definitely needs a star of a talking cat, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is one of those guys who would, ju- who would do, like, a movie for a sandwich. We <laughs> get into Eric Roberts's, uh part in this movie, because it, it's...
1: Mm. Good luck.
0: This is a, this is a rob- rabbit hole. So we cut to a movie theater, and we see Eric Roberts on screen. Oh, man, the only person more attractive than Abby in this movie <laughs> is Eric Roberts with his long, flowing hair, silver fox Eric Roberts, And he's on screen. He's speaking cryptically. I I didn't bother to write or even listen to his dialogue on the second watch because I learned on the first watch that it makes no sense and leads to nothing.
1: I'll read you off here. These are my exact notes when this happened in the movie. What the fuck was that cut? Why is Eric Roberts here now? Who is this woman? What is going on? What is the clown? I'm so confused. Clowns. Is this a kid's movie?
0: But as you said, we see a young woman... And no, yeah, here's where we have to wonder whether this is a kid's movie. And I'm going to get into that shortly, but in a very clear choice, this, the slender young blonde woman has like the, the waistband of her underwear is mm-hmm. very visibly poking out of the waist of her pants. I'm like, this is an odd choice for a Christmas movie. Um <laughs> There's also someone in a clown mask sitting in the theater. <laughs> then we get newspaper headlines about a mass shooting in the theater. We do. By a man in a clown mask. And obviously this is meant to invoke or evoke the Aurora theater shooting yes. that accompanied the Dark Knight Rises premiere in Aurora, Colorado, where a man opened fire on the crowd going to see that movie. The young woman's name is even fucking Aurora. It's Aurora in, Palace. Yeah. In like some of the, the 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 worst bad taste I've seen. It's not even good bad taste. It's just bad, bad taste.
1: So that Aurora shooting was the Dark Knight, right? It was Joker?
0: He was dressed as a Joker, but it was at the premiere of The Dark Knight Rises.
1: Okay, because I was going to say, Eric Roberts is in The Dark Knight. He so is. I don't know if that's a connection or not, or if Ken Delvecchio was just like...
0: Here's here's what it is. Ken DelVecchio wrote a movie based on the Aurora shooting called The Joker's Wild, a.k.a. Joker's Poltergeist. Oh. It has Eric Roberts and Martin Cove in it. <laughs> and, and this young lady. Oh, my God. Um, did he just combine the films? See, I don't know because I haven't seen it, but it's oh very God. possible he just reused footage. Now, oh my very God. important to point out, This is not a Ken Delvecchio shared cinematic universe because the characters' names are different between the two movies. But yeah, I have no fucking clue if this is just reused footage from an earlier movie.
1: Because one of my notes later is, did he tell Martin Cove, or especially Eric Roberts, what movie he was in? Because if he was told, I'm in a kid's karate Christmas movie, I don't think he'd be doing this performance. Like i say, this part of the movie does not connect to the karate part of the movie almost at all.
0: Barely, in a way we'll get to shortly. But yeah, most of this stuff is completely disconnected. And it's... Eric Roberts is set up as a bad guy, but that will never go anywhere. Presumably because Eric Roberts probably wasn't on fucking set in any way, shape, or form because he was on the set of a movie that was filmed three years ago. I think you're right, yeah. I think you broke it all. Pretty sure that's the case, but I don't know. Like it's too late for the show, but I might check it out just out of morbid curiosity. Yeah. And we see that a local attorney disappeared after the show after the shooting. And Jesse's in his bed tossing and turning, screaming for his mother. And I'm like, you little bitch, why don't you just karate your bad dreams away? You're so good. <laughs> Turns out all of this was his nightmare slash psychic vision, Pfft. and but it was so real, and Abby points out, you've never been to that theater, huh. and Abby goes, I I guess, to her husband's home office, where apparently, assuming she hasn't changed anything, he kept a framed picture of himself. Uh <laughs> Which I believe. I believe that Ken Delvecchio slash Bob Genesis absolutely would. Is is Ken Delvecchio Bob Genesis? Ken Delvecchio plays Bob Genesis, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, no, a lot more makes sense now, doesn't it? Now it sure does. <laughs> uh, we oh. now realize that the missing attorney is Jesse's dad, the amazing Ken Delvecchio. By the way, I would peg the beautiful Abby at maybe, maybe like 28 at the yeah. most. Like if I'm... If I'm being generous, that's stretching me. My gut says like 26. Yeah, that's where I would. She's a young lady. And Ken looks 50. If I'm being. (laughs) I wasn't going to go that far. (laughs) If I was going to be generous, if I was going to be generous, I'd say outside maybe like 35. That's like the most. That's my Christmas miracle is to say that uh, Ken Del Vecchio looks 35. Um, That's being generous i I'd probably peg him in his forties. I mean, I wouldn't actually peg him. <laughs> she is so so much too young to be Bob uh-huh. Genesis's wife and for them to have a ten year old child together that like when you really start thinking about it, it's like oh no some uh some backwoods New Jersey shit was going on with this child bride, and like, oh God, yeah, and also again, it speaks to Ken's narcissism where he's like. My wife needs to be absolutely beautiful and 20 years younger than me. Abby opens a drawer that is conveniently and hilariously filled with the same press clippings we saw in the dream. Here's where I know that we are going to see a lot of framed pictures of Ken Delvecchio. Yes, we will. Next, we're on the campus of Caldwell University. (laughs) And Caldwell is a Catholic university where, coincidentally, Ken's wife, Francine Delvecchio, teaches
1: hmm Is this the professor in the film?
0: No, no, that's Julie McCullough, who we're, we're about to get into. I was going to say, I didn't think his wife was in the film, too. Or... No, no, Ken can't be involved with his actual wife on screen. <laughs> no, he needs to he needs to make it with, you know, the sexy ladies. Yeah, definitely. So we're introduced to Professor Elizabeth, played by Julie McCullough. MVP. Uh Okay. You don't agree. I mean, she's the only one who's, like, really trying to act. Yeah. Um, Aside from Eric Roberts. Oh, Eric Roberts. Well, that's because he's not in this film. He's in in a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, Julie McCullough is doing things. I just rarely enjoyed them. But Julie McCullough is uh, from a Playboy Playmate. Is she? Yeah, she's done a little bit of acting, and apparently she provided her a voice for uh, her own character, her her own self in a 2004 Playboy Mansion video game. She she was in the tutorial, which I don't know why you need a tutorial to know how to jerk off to titties. <laughs> was she a, no? Was
1: she a Playboy bunny? Like wow, she looked like in this film.
0: No, no, for all this those was. Guilt uh, 80s. Um, <laughs> this was 80s, although... Uh, no, I know. I was kidding. I, no, I got you. But uh, I I do feel that Julie McCullough was someone that Ken had, like, a big crush on and that's why she's in this movie and A Wrestling Christmas Miracle. She's in both uh, of them. Uh, neither of which are listed on our Wikipedia.
1: I think she got paid in alcohol for this film.
0: She might have. <laughs> like, I...
1: Do I get to get drunk in this film? I'll do it.
0: And I actually, here's my, here's, here's the next two sentences I wrote. <laughs> Elizabeth is a law professor. She has a thick Southern accent and seems drunk or unhinged, generally movie wacky. Like she, she might actually be like an Orson Welles, uh, just uh-huh. drunk on set, a Jan Michael Vincent. Yes. And she she calls her, she's teaching class, she calls her students critters, and like, oh, that's not one of them forbidden words, is it? And <laughs> again, like, a light sprinkling of right-wing dumbassery, but like, nothing overt, because it's Christmas, and Christmas belongs to everybody. Um, I, She is a
1: dead ringer for Miss Peacock in the Clue film, though.
0: I've only seen that film once, and it's been a while. I'll take your word for it.
1: I, I love the clue film and everything, but she looks just like, like, she could play it really well, I think.
0: Find her email and tell her that.
1: I'll, I'll pass her.
0: <laughs> tell her to come to auditions at CTL on Sunday. There you go. But she doesn't want to call them her critters. She, she'll she call them her, her elves. No, her reindeer. Except she doesn't like the, without the horns, because she doesn't like the horns, because that reminds her of that devil guy. Yeah, my boy. That devil guy. This scene goes on Forever. It just goes. I wonder if this was like Julie McCullough improv, if if she was like if they they were just like let her go, she's a new Robin Williams. Eventually she slams down a book and we see it's written by Del Vecchio.
1: Well as as someone who just got done my first semester at college, she's handing out a final. So this is the last day of class and everything, which we'll talk about I think it is, right? It's
0: not, because she has a lecture later. Also, again, say? Yeah. this is five days before Christmas. Right. And, like, that's not how, like, all colleges are, I can't think of a, like, I. I'm no. sure there might be, but most no. colleges are out of session at this point.
1: Yeah, but like, so like, let's say it's like one of the last days it because she's handing out like a it looks like a blue book, which I did a blue book final for college this year and everything. And if my teacher if it was like, let's say the last day of class, and my teacher was sitting up there doing improv, I'd be pissed. It's the end of the semester. I want to go home. And I also don't. Think these are actors. I think these are students. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they were just, like, I, I'm sure they, they filmed this in, like, uh, mid-November or whatever, September, October. And yeah. they would just grab Caldwell students and were like, hey, we need you for a couple wide shots.
1: Want to be in a movie, yeah.
0: Also, there's a piano in this room. Did you notice that? That there's a fucking piano in the corner of the room? It's like, I can only imagine that Professor Elizabeth just, like, starts doing, like, uh just does song parodies on about the law. And she's just, like... <laughs>
1: I wonder if she sings uh, potatoes and molasses for the class. Maybe,
0: but the kids are just there to be like, I need to learn this stuff so I can become <laughs> a lawyer. Can you please stop Bo Burnhaming <laughs> and just teach me about the fucking law? This is all a roundabout way to ask a law question mm-hmm. to our students. And, and it's, it's answered, it's the question is answered by Jesse, who is mm-hmm. there for some fucking reason, and also he's in his karate gi. And he he bursts through the door and he delivers the answer with a savage point. And Elizabeth, Professor Elizabeth uh, asks, "Like, are you Jesse?"
1: <laughs>
0: we'll figure out in this film. Everyone
1: knows each other. It doesn't explain why, but everyone knows each other in this film.
0: It does explain why. We're about to learn why she knows.
1: But I mean, every other character, like uh, freaking what, God, I keep forgetting her name. Whatever the mom's name is. Abby. Abby. Abby will like, walk around and be like, oh, we loved Bob. Oh, we love Bob. And, like, why do all these people know Bob?
0: Well, yeah, that's going to be because he's the amazing Ken Delvecchio. That's what you say, because
1: he's made by Ken Delvecchio.
0: Cut to Elizabeth and Abby, and she's looking even more beautiful than ever. Like, I, <laughs> this, this is just the perfect lady for me. Like, I, I'm sure she wants a super hairy, chubby... <laughs> profusely sweating man uh, m- much older than her to just be her king maybe she's our listener out there I hope so Abby or Mila Milosevic if you're listening let's um, have many children together please refer to her only by Abby That's Abby <laughs> uh, yeah no after like in real life I'll be like Abby, Abby yeah. Genesis I stole you away from Bob Bob's our cuck uh, a cuckold Christmas miracle starring Kenneth Delvecchio. You should make your own uh, film. Uh,
1: uh, what can we do? A guitar Christmas miracle. <laughs> and just so you can cast her in the film and you can play.
0: <laughs> well, I don't believe she's in uh, a wrestling Christmas miracle. I think she caught, uh, cut her losses. Maybe she wants some acting roles. We should. Maybe out. we should. I should. <laughs> I feel like I have, I have modeling work for you. Please come meet me. I'll be in a, this van at the corner. <laughs> I just got direct, directing at Juniata. I can help direct your films. You can No, I, this is more about me and her. You can stay out of it. Oh, okay.
1: Thanks. Can I play the Eric Roberts role?
0: Sure. Okay. But we'll have to make another movie for you to be in so I can just reuse that footage. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but so they're in Elizabeth's office and it turns out Abby made an appointment with Elizabeth know, for some reason. And Elizabeth tries to shoo Abby out, but
1: oh, sorry. I was going to say, she said Elizabeth's like, Oh, this is the thing with that appointment portal. Just anyone can make appointments now. And it's like, that's not how these work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not like she would have to like, Uh, If an outsider wanted an appointment, I'm pretty sure she would have to send an email and be approved by Elizabeth. But Elizabeth could be hammered 24-7 for all we know and just agreed to it. But Abby is all sus because Elizabeth knew that her husband was a lawyer and she also knew Jesse's name. And it turns out, if you didn't think the movie was uh, wacky and wild already, when Abby was 16, she went to a uh, psychic affair. Uh, yep. which I've never heard of. I, I've never heard of just a gathering of psychics in one place. It seems like that would lead to a lot of conflict. Well, What do you think a gathering of psychics is called? Oh, uh, a ball. A ball? A ball of psychics. Oh, like, like a, a crystal, crystal, crystal ball, wall. yeah.
1: There you go. I'm going to say a tarot. A tarot
0: okay. A brain. A brain of psychics. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, that seems like such an odd, like, like a job fair, but, uh, you can, you can, you're trying to find the right fortune for yourself, but apparently it's just a ton of psychics in one place, like psychic warehouse, like, but she got a reading where the psychic said she would get married and have one son and her husband would go on a journey. That would be a major concern for her.
1: So one of the things I just found is we took a break and I looked up Joker's poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And we are correct.
0: Oh, really? You were able to confirm it?
1: Yep, right, directly from the film. Um, I couldn't watch the film because you had to pay like $3.99 for it or something. Uh, well, I tried to download Tubi, but just didn't take enough time. So I watched the trailer. It gets worse. The clips using the film are directly from the trailer, <laughs> not even the film. Literally, the thing we talked about with Eric Roberts, that's in the trailer. We're going to put Martin Cove on the screen. That's in the trailer.
0: Wow. Wow. He, this man. Anyway... So it turns out that the psychic that had told Abby about who had made the, this incredibly accurate prediction was Professor Elizabeth. Bum, bum, bum. It's also extremely unclear how Abby found Elizabeth, but who fucking cares? Yeah. The movie certainly doesn't. I, I just realized something. Mm. Elizabeth is going to give two separate reasons for why she stopped being a psychic. She is. Um, the reason that she gives here. And Abby never goes like, Hey, that you lied to me earlier. Right. Uh, or anything. It's just like, uh, Elizabeth just gives or El- and Elizabeth is never like, Hey, I, I wasn't truthful earlier. She's just like, do you want to know why I, re- I stopped being a psychic an hour from now? But the reason she gives now is that she tried to help the police and she saw so many dead bodies and she, she decided to uh, go to law school.
1: Yes. Because she wanted to be around kids which, college students are not really kids.
0: I mean, they are. Once I mean, you get a little older, you will see that they are. Okay. Yes. Sorry to pull age rank on you.
1: Yeah.
0: Ouch. <laughs> but it's also weird because it's like, I want to teach kids, so I'm, I'm going to go through the long and expensive process of law school mm-hmm. not to be a practicing lawyer and earn good money i'm gonna Be a just get drunk and talk to kids about santa claus
1: well you remember she enjoyed her time in law school yes
0: yeah, she did and she really enjoys uh being the wacky professor as yes. she calls herself several times uh elizabeth and abby argue abby tries to get elizabeth to tell her if her husband is dead or not and uh, here, here's the first time we realize like oh is he not confirmed dead yeah Um, he's just been missing for a year that's odd like then why are you telling your kid there's no chance because I mean if there's no body in a mass shooting like it's not even though Eric Roberts is supposed to be a takeoff of a man who is emulating a Batman villain he's not actually a fucking Batman villain no yeah but uh, I don't Abby pulls out a knife (laughs) <laughs> yes, she does. Abby pulls out a folding knife. She she puts it on the table. It was Bob's knife, and it was found in an alley behind the theater. Which isn't this evidence? Yeah. Why? Why does she have this? <laughs> and Elizabeth says she sees Bob pulls the knife out and uses it in self defense. Mm-hmm. Also, karate. Also karate. And she just fucking says karate. She just she just fucking says karate. Abby now tells her about Jesse's quest to get his black belt in five days. And Elizabeth is just like, it might work. It might. (laughs) might. Clearly fucking insane. Like this is an insane woman. And in a better movie, this would be an incredibly interesting character where it would be overt that she is a wild alcoholic, like even during school hours. And she has this gift, but she's also just unhinged and insane.
1: Well, we'll get into it later, but this film actually does a really good job at breaking, like, the idea of psychics. And, like, it exposes why psychics are bullshit, but it's not trying to do that. But through Abby Genesis, she basically says, this is why everything you're doing is bullshit. And then Elizabeth just like, well, that's just your thought, but that's not mine, or whatever.
0: I'm curious to hear your thoughts more on that, because later, I feel like yeah. this movie is, like psychics are real and sometimes they fuck up but mostly they're real
1: well i think the movie believes it but i'm saying like it it unintentionally it's trying to bring up these things that's like this is why like this is abby's a villainous character for psychics because she's saying why psychics aren't real and then she's bringing up all real logistic points that make sense and the movie doesn't ever counter them you know
0: well it's also confusing because abby has got an incredibly accurate prediction from a psychic yeah, about true. how she will get married and have one son, and then her husband will go on a concerning journey. A concerning.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But for some reason, also, you should not bring weapons to any sort of school campus. No. Uh, I don't care whether it's college or what. Like, I'm sure there are knives in many places on college campuses that are used for teaching. You shouldn't just bring your husband's uh, fucking folding knife the movie also brings up a good point is jesse
1: a psychic too if he's having these these visions and everything
0: seems to be it seems to be but abby leaves the knife with elizabeth for whatever reason yeah again this should be police evidence and even if it weren't like abby with her 20 million frame pictures of bob you you think she want to have this keepsake Of the husband she apparently saw just long enough to get married and then impregnated. Yes. It is what the movie will heavily imply. Uh, Abby also leaves her card with her address on it. And we learn that Jesse is on his green belt. Yes. Later at the Genesis home, Jesse has made a birdhouse.
1: The Genesis (laughs) home?
0: Something that was apparently on the list. And damn, Abby's looking good. (laughs) She's looking so fine. I love this woman. I we're soulmates. I know it. I, I'm just like I imagine what her hair tastes like. It tastes like uh, golden grams. We watch this movie
1: in completely different ways because I never thought this, but I can just imagine you watching this and just being like, "Oh, Abby and stuff. This-
0: I just, I was enamored with this woman. She is so pretty. (laughs) That was sort of my life preserver for this movie. It's just like, that's a pretty lady. I appreciate a pretty lady.
1: Mine was Eric Roberts' performance.
0: Well, yeah, no, he's great. He's great. And again, the only person who rivals Abby on looks. Except he's in a
1: different fucking movie.
0: Yeah, it's like someone just like took a cell phone picture, a cell phone video of Eric Roberts' headshot. They did like the Conan O'Brien clutch cargo, like lip moving thing. (laughs) Jesse says they can paint it later like he and dad used to do. And that's the entire fucking scene. Yep. Scenes just sort of peter out. Yeah. Just sort of, it's not like after last season where a scene will just like, there'll be silence, but scenes just like stop with no real rhyme or reason. Not as bad as after last season. That was. Boring. Oh, well, nothing is, That's true. but Jesse has another Eric, another Eric Roberts nightmare. As most 10 year olds do. A lot of 10 year olds have Eric Roberts nightmares. I, I did, like, yeah. Oh, star 80. Uh, oh no, Mickey Rune, Mickey works there. <laughs>
1: I still have them now.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're still a young man. You're still a young man. Eventually, it moves on to uh, Julia Roberts' nightmares. Have you ever seen the Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life video? Oh, I, I, I've i seen the copy pasta. I've never seen the video.
1: Like the one where like Shrek comes into his room and everything? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what if it was that but Eric Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts is Love. Eric Roberts is Love. <laughs>
0: I bet if you if you make Eric Roberts a good pastrami sandwich, he would make that short on YouTube. Like uh, his quote doesn't seem to be too high. He'll do anything
1: on YouTube? He probably did do another Aurora shooting for that video if he gave him a good pastrami.
0: You think? Oh, you think he would commit an actual s- shooting for a sandwich? Yeah. Are we going to get sued by Eric Roberts? I well maybe, uh, but we will just give him ten bucks and say like, no, no, this is a movie we're making. <laughs> It's, it's like a, a Spike Jones Charlie Kaufman thing. And you're the star. Uh, and here's $10 and a good pastrami sandwich and uh, a sleeping bag. Yeah, more Eric Roberts on screen in the theater. We see the blonde woman, Aurora Place. We see other people. Then we see uh, old Bobby talking about guns. <sighs> talking about guns. Uh, and Jesse is screaming and his hot mom comes in. He says, dad's alive. I need to get that black belt. And Abby is concerned about Jesse being let down, as a good mother should, because this is fucking nonsense. This is child (laughs) bullshit. Just like, no, your dumb baby brain doesn't understand that this is not how the world works. And also, Jesse is a blue belt now, apparently. Just every day gets a new belt.
1: And I mean, the mom is right. Like, he's saying, she says- No, absolutely. Is because he has those newspaper articles and he saw them. He's 10 years old. If you read about your dad doing that, you're going to imagine in your mind what happened that night. Because newspapers like to go in graphic details. It's kind of why they're made and everything. So he probably read graphic details about his father's supposed murder and everything.
0: I wish we got any of those details because we're just told there's a mass shooting. Yeah. And we're, it's all so vague. And it's going to get more vague and confusing as it goes along. And we won't learn more details about this night. Jesse asks why Abby didn't tell him that his dad was at the theater to make a constitutional argument about guns. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Brad. What the fuck, Ian? We always go to the
1: movies and we make constitutional arguments about guns to everyone.
0: Like this, this, this bullet point is insane. And it's going to get more insane as we learn more details. Like I just said, so I'm going to, I'm going to save my ire and confusion and Roth for the pieces that will come later. Well,
1: also like, like what it said he was in a theater. So I was like, okay, if it's like an acting theater, we both do theater. You could have yeah. a lecture about gun. Sure. That's weird, but sure. But no, they make, they show the movie screen. They say, it's yeah, it's theater. clear
0: from the beginning. It's been a movie theater
1: and they're watching a fucking movie. You don't just watch and then, Oh
0: uh. <laughs> yeah, no, none of it makes sense but we'll give you the full picture here soon but uh next we see abby at a table with another woman and abby is pitching an ad about gravy gravy oh it's so tasty and wonderful and
1: gravy means christmas
0: gravy means christmas mm, yeah santa covering his fat old titties and gravy
1: is young gravy you playing santa in this
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Gravy. He's a well. He's a rapper today. He uh. He's kind of. I don't know. He's a meme rapper, but now he's really popular because of, like TikTok and stuff.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> raps about like can I has cheeseburger? No, he raps about
1: how hot moms are.
0: Mm, like Abby.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's this uh, there's this really famous song called Betty Get Money, and it's um uh, I think it's never gonna give you up, but then it goes into like his own rap, so it's pretty good actually. It's funny, but okay. I like it. So,
0: And she she's talking about gravy, talking about Santa Claus serving Mrs. Claus some gravy, like a oh, hardcore feminist angle from Abby here, like the patriarchy is toppled.
1: It sounds like a striptease Christmas commercial.
0: <laughs> but I want to point this out, that this other woman uh, looks like the exact same age as Abby. See, I don't agree. Really? I think you think she looks older? I think she looks like she's forty. She looks way older. She does look a little older. I think it might I don't know. I I, I uh aside from praising Abby's just never ending beauty, the 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 transcendental beauty of Milan Milosevic. I don't like to comment on people's looks that much. That's but like uh Sarah Sarah does look a little older. I think her I doubt they had great makeup professionals on this shoot. So maybe it's just some bad makeup for Sarah. It was Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. He was like, what? I don't get to film new, new footage. I'll I'll do the makeup. I'll do the makeup. And he's just sort of, he's like a homeless man who won't leave like from cleaning your windshield. And he's like, Oh, you need a line producer. Who's going to do craft services over here. I'll, uh, um, you need a shoe shine boy. I'll go home and get my shine box. (laughs) And Mickey Rourke's just like, Looking for' them all over the place and uh they're good friends. they should do a reality show about their adventures together. It's just them uh bearing sex workers they accidentally killed
1: eating par- eating pastrami sandwiches
0: Yes, lady in the tramp style, of course, of course. but either way, this other woman, Sarah, is supposed to be significantly younger yeah. than Abby, and it does not read at all. But this this woman is now going to be watching over Jesse while Abby does workaholic mom shit. Apparently, any other time, she was just fine with Jesse running wild, <laughs> mourning his father in the streets, learning karate to presumably avenge his father. Well, she,
1: she also says that she works late a lot, but she has time to go yell at a law professor. Yeah. And she also says, I'm at work a lot, and we have never seen her at work yet.
0: Nope, not yet. So. Oh, and by the way, Sarah thought Bob was a real cool guy. Just so you know. Because he's played by Dan Del Vecchio. Oh, hell yeah. Bob and Jesse used to do a lot together. And here's where we're going to learn just how shitty of a person Abby is. Because she, like, had no clue because she's just a shithead workaholic mom. All she cares about is gravy and applesauce she's a don draper she's chain smoking she's fucking broads she's uh having cocktails we also learned that jesse never took or abby never took jesse to a therapist or a grief counselor mm. in the wake of his father dying possibly or going missing yeah. and also he's a child jesse don't need that shit
1: no nah, jesse's awesome
0: he's a strong kid he uses karate you should see him fuck the ground when he does push-ups. <laughs> Never seen so much lower body strength at work when someone does push-ups as Jesse. Next, uh, Sarah goes to karate time where we get another weak-ass fight that Jesse wins.
1: Well, I got to gotta point something out really quick before we get to karate, which very much it is very weak-ass. Uh, one of my favorite transitions in this movie is, does he have any dietary restrictions? And then this like loud piano bom, 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 into a synth version of like Christmas Sarah Haybo, And then it goes to the karate thing and it makes absolutely no sense.
0: I think it was supposed to be a joke line. Cause Abby is like getting sort of worked up about like, no, he doesn't need therapy. Everything's yeah. okay. I'm, I'm not a bad mom. And then Sarah's like, does he keep kosher yeah which would have been a funnier line she asked about dietary restrictions but she should be does it need to be halal i'm sure mario and ken del vecchio keep strictly halal and that was all the craft service next sarah's at karate time where we get another weak ass fight that jesse wins cut almost immediately to the beautiful Abbey, the light of my life oh my god uh, ever ever i've been changed it's like uh Saw on the road to Damascus, the scales have fallen from my eyes. But she's pitching applesauce like a. Mu- she's not literally throwing applesauce, but she's she's pitching an not even an ad for applesauce, just a vague sentiment about applesauce that is the new Jello,
1: like a slogan. Applesauce is I, amazing these days. It's the new Jello.
0: It's the new Jello, which I feel like it's the old Jello. Yeah. I feel like it, it, applesauce might have been around for a while. Probably. Suddenly, she gets a call from Bob. Or does she? Bum, bum, bum. Um, we see another scene of Elizabeth teaching class again, this time teaching a uh, another Christmas themed lecture. Still seems mostly drunk. So, Elizabeth gets another psychic freak out when she sees Bob's knife on the table. Yes. Now, did she. Is that knife really there? what do you mean like she sees bob's knife on the table in the lecture hall where she's teaching Mm -hmm. did elizabeth like take the knife plop it down on the table before she started teaching for whatever reason or is it like a Macbeth thing like is this a dagger i see before me is she just like psychically freaking out
1: it could be either i think she was if it's the former why would she do that i think she was so drunk that she just went into <laughs> class and just put this
0: down. Now here's what I'm picturing. Because after a psychic her psychic freak out, she dismisses the class, but we see that there is literally one student there. One student. So maybe she came in, she flipped open this blade, and she was like, Oh right, you reindeer, <laughs> Who wants to get cut today? Who wants to be a stuck and stuffer?
1: She's like, if I stab one of you students, is that aggravated assault?
0: Is- <laughs> Again, we're less than five fucking days <laughs> until Christmas, what college, especially a Catholic college <laughs> is still in session? Like, I feel like she's not even teaching an actual class at this point. This is just her drunk and be like, hey, it's extra credit if you want to come, honey. <laughs>
1: well, this reminded me me of 11th grade um the very last day of class i was so my english class i was the only one who ever paid attention to that class because everyone else hated the teacher and what the, class it was the very last day and i'm the only one who showed up to class and there's like 30 people in my class and it was just her and i sitting in the room for like five minutes she's like you can leave if you want i was like oh okay have a nice break
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should been like no you perform for the audience that shows up
1: yeah you teach me about emily dickinson or whatever we learned.
0: <laughs> abby goes to a diner and it turns out that this diner is providing food to the less fortunate and abby demurs at the idea that she's there to help anybody what happens next is so unnecessary <laughs> and bullshitty like i i, I don't glo- uh, here's what happens <laughs> Abby goes to the counter and she asks the only person of color we see in this movie, aside from the Asian child that Jesse is constantly defeating through every rank of his belt journey. He's a black man. Anyway, for no reason, he is a massive dick to my wife, Mila Milosevic, a.k.a. Abby Genesis. And he lies to her. He gaslights her. He's like... Uh, do I look like a J J's letter of the alphabet? Do I look like a letter to you? Like she's, he's fucking Mark Mark Wahlberg or some shit. He's like, J is also a bird is in a blue J. Do I look blue to you? And it's, it's so unnecessary. And I guess we're supposed to find this funny, but I was just like, what the, f-? this is so unpleasant and awkward.
1: I found it funny, not how Ken Delvecchio wanted me to, but because it was so awful.
0: But then, after all, like what feels like uh, minutes of him just harassing Abby and be like, "No, I Jay sold this place to me 16 years ago when he died in a car crash, and his ghost still haunts a phone. Maybe you got a phone call from a ghost." He doesn't <laughs> say that. It would be awesome if he did. But then he's basically like, "Psych, Jason back," and he calls out Jay. And Jay is the dude who called Abby from Bob's phone. He has Bob's phone. It was found under a booth. Who knows how long it's been there. Couldn't be very long because Bob was a fucking lawyer and would need a goddamn phone. <laughs> it's been a year and no one noticed this phone. Right. And
1: I, I don't like Jay either. He gives me the ills. He doesn't do anything through the whole film. He's not even in it anymore. But just when he came, I don't know how he just like, he just kind of comes out of the shadow. She's like, hi, I'm Jay. It's so creepy
0: well he he's there to perform the most important role that anyone can in this movie further expositing how amazing bob is because it turns out bob used to come and feed the homeless people at this diner and he'd help him with legal work no hold on he'd help him with legal work and if he showed up for whatever reason there was no legal work to do you know how lawyers just like go places and like Hey, you got any illegal work for me to do? No. Okay. I'll just, I'll just stick around. No food. these homeless. <laughs> like fucking St. Bob. Let, let, let's address this now.
1: Mm.
0: We're going to find out that Bob does numerous saintly things that Abby has no fucking clue about. Yes. That she never had any, any idea this was happening. Yeah, absolutely. And that's insane. Oh God. Yeah. That's in, like, It's nonsensically insane that Abby was so busy with his work with her work that she didn't realize what her husband did with his time. Yeah. And also that Bob was never like, Hey, my beautiful wife, Abby Genesis, my I spent the evening feeding the homeless. Like, you know how you fucking talk about your day with people. Like And we're going to get into more insane stuff that Bob did that he just never mentioned.
1: If we know they've been together at least 10, I guess, nine years and everything, we know at least nine years they've been together and everything because they had Jesse. Yeah. You would think it's not like they just met and then she, then he just kind of went away like right away that they wouldn't have gotten to know each other. Like,
0: I mean, it just makes no sense that he never talked about his day. And also where the fuck is Jesse while Bob is doing all this shit? There you go. If Bob took Jesse with him, why was Jesse never like, never went to his mom? Like, Hey, we were building stuff today. Yeah, I guess mom is literally at work like 24 seven and she just sleeps in a tube at work. Like the Japanese dystopia. It's nuts. It's nuts. And it's nonsensical. And all it does is, uh, canonize Bob while being like that. Abby is such a bad wife. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Abby gets a call from Elizabeth who tells her that the knife wasn't used in self-defense. What? 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 This is nuts. Ken Delvecchio, Julie Kimmel, they're masters of suspense. Oh, like, God. we get this juicy tidbit. We get this juicy tidbit, but we don't follow up on it immediately. Instead, we cut to Jesse and Sarah. Oh, and Sarah yeah, asks, uh, asks what the colors of the belts mean.
1: That's the worst part of the film, and that's saying something.
0: First, Jesse explains it's like a metaphor for a plant growing or new life or something like that. Now, when I first watched this and he explained like what all the colors meant about how it's like the plant growing yeah. and stuff, I was like, this is bullshit. No,
1: it's all true. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I could not find a single website that disputed this. Yeah,
1: I used to take karate classes when I was a kid, so I knew that was all, that's all the stuff. Yeah, you had to learn. Maybe that's why I found it so boring is because I already knew it it's probably the only thing you'll actually get from this film of actual knowledge that you learn about with a little aside
0: from the last 10 presidents as of 2019. That too,
1: yeah. yeah. It's not even right anymore.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And I, it was sort of interesting. And this is the only time we get some actual like animation, not just animation, but just like editing prowess. Like yeah. someone put a little bit of effort into the editing of this sequence,
1: but this brings up a good point that I wanted to ask you is, Who do you think this movie is for?
0: The Delvecchios. Yeah, very much. That's literally the only... like Because I I don't think kids would enjoy this. No. I don't think anyone who knows what a good movie is would enjoy this. We didn't enjoy it. I think Uh, it's literally for the Delvecchios. Like, it's just... A vanity product. i say,
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think I have to agree with you that or, because I was like, it's not even like it even talks that much about karate. I mean, there's this little. It's bit. not
0: for karate. Yeah, there's, there's solo karate. Uh, there's not enough like Christianity in it no. f- to be like, we can market this. And there's. If you were into karate, like, you
1: would hate this because it doesn't talk anything about it.
0: Exactly. And uh, I'll bring this up now. Yeah. Here's where this movie fails the ultimate test of a. Of a movie about karate. At no point does anybody say karate is only meant for self defense.
1: Yeah, true.
0: It's true.
1: And that's one of the big things. Yeah. You know.
0: Jesse only knows what the belts mean up to purple. Uh-huh. Cut to Abby and the professor at Jesse's dojo. And now the professor, for whatever fucking reason, knows what the belts mean and is explaining it to Abby. And this is not explained how she is this psychic knowledge. Yeah, Did Abby, she like touch?
1: That's what I a, write it off as. Yeah.
0: Abby says a uh, cool story, bro. But why are we at Jesse's karate school? And the, the professor, here's where we get like shit where it's like the professor's psychic visions are always right, except when they're not. Yeah. And in this case, they were not. The knife was a false lead. Bob didn't even know he had it. He had it on him because he taught a women's self-defense class that Abby knew nothing about God. somehow, I... somehow this regular thing her husband did in the evenings. Right. Yeah. Like she just did not know about. And you know what? Also Bob was a black belt. He was, And also Bob is great. Bob is amazing. Here's the thing. Abby gets all this shit because she's so beautiful And uh, people are jealous, obviously. And But she's such the shitty, stereotypical, workaholic mom. And it's like, you're always working and you're never around for Jesse or Bob, the Emperor. But it sounds like Bob was off doing his own shit a lot.
1: Absolutely. He had his whole second life.
0: And again, it's possible that he took Jesse along with him. But like... Again, Jesse never mentions that, mm-hmm. and we're never—that's never implied at all. It just sounds like Bob was gallivanting around. It sounds like <laughs> Jesse just had no parents. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like Jesse's like two steps away from being a bad Ronald.
1: Well, when you're the Second Coming of Jesus Christ, you don't really need parents to be around you.
0: No, he learned how to be a, a child, learned how to be a person all on his own, just like he learned karate yeah. and wrestling.
1: Absolutely, you didn't need no sensei there.
0: Cut back to the theater. Yeah. Aurora's dad is on screen and he's talking to her and presumably the invisible audience who we don't see don't. at all. And,
1: okay. How do you want to do this?
0: So, yeah, no, this is okay. First for dad is played by Martin Cove. There you go. And Martin Cove has been a million in a million things. And I didn't even bother to like, try to pick out anything I knew. Cause at this point I didn't care. I mean, do you recognize him from stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's John Kreese in karate kid, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it.
1: Oh, okay. Cause I think he's in Cobra Kai as well. Like
0: I did see that on his credits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's why I think his most famous role is I didn't actually know him from anything else. Uh But yeah, he's the, um he's one of the guys in karate kid and then our John Kreese, And then yeah, he's in Cobra Kai. Uh, and stuff, and I think he's I think he's the main the main guy in Cobra Kai. I could be wrong,
0: but he's also in Joker's Poltergeist, obviously, because this is reused footage. It, it, it turns out, and again, this is the night of the shooting and the night where uh, Bob Daddy disappears. Mm-hmm. This is Aurora's birthday. Aurora Daddy tells everyone to wish her a happy birthday, and. We hear silence because there's no fucking audience present. And then he's like, no, that's not good enough. Let me hear it again. Yeah. And it's such a surreal thing. It's almost like Mulholland Drive-ish where they're at the Club Silencio. It's t- and just like, no, hi, audience. It's extremely Lynchian
1: again. It's like, I really wrote, what the fuck is this? This is Lynchian.
0: And ultimately, Aurora Daddy gifts Aurora this specific theater. Mm-mm. And thank God she went to the movies tonight on her birthday. Yeah. And this, and her, thank God she went to the movies for her birthday and also on the night of the gun talk. Then Aurora Daddy puts on a clown mask and says he'll be watching her. And Aurora smiles and laughs and a single tear rolls down her cheek. Again, very lynchy and very club silencio.
1: So as we know, the Martin Cove and Eric Roberts, those scenes are from that different movie, Joker's Poltergeist. Yes. Now we see before uh, Ken DelVecchio doing his gun talk, and it looks like it's shot almost the exact same way as this. Do you think Ken DelVecchio's gun talk is also in Joker's Poltergeist?
0: It's possible from because from the little I looked about Joker's Wild, aka aka Joker's Poltergeist. Okay it does seem to have to do with gun control a bit. Okay. So it would not surprise me, but all this, this thing about the theater and the birthday and the gun talk and all this is going to get more fucking insane. Uh, But again, this was another nightmare vision that Jesse had. He wakes up his dedicated foxy mother is already by his side. uh, And we learned that not only was it Aurora's birthday when she was given the theater and not only was that the day that Bob went missing Mm -hmm it was fucking christmas day so here's the thing here's the goddamn thing ian uh why was bob giving this motherfucking gun talk on christmas day yep why like of all days to plan this again and bob's so great why isn't he with his fucking family there you go
1: like and she's and none of them are wondering oh where's dad on christmas day
0: and we're told earlier apparently Abby was working late on Christmas <laughs> day working on Christmas. and and like it's 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 nuts it, it it's sense. goddamn nuts we learned that Aurora was the only person to survive this mass shooting mm-hmm. uh possibly because there was no one else in attendance in the audience apparently Abby says it was a miracle on her birthday on his birthday Christmas wasn't your father's birthday
1: that wasn't what i was talking about
0: <laughs> ah! Oh my God, But of course, um, uh, l- little Mariolito delivers it much more flatly yes. and awkwardly. and again, we, we don't get a lot of uh, nods towards Jesus or anything in this. We get more nods towards the occult, yeah and psychic powers and prognostication, which the Bible warns us against, uh, See the Witch of Endor and the folly of Saul. The Bible probably also warns us, I don't know, I don't read the Bible, but it
1: probably also warns us um, that we should spend time with our family and not go and have fucking gun talks at theaters.
0: Talk about how, in some cases, it's okay to carry a gun. Oh my God, I just got reminded of, uh, I'll have to send this to you, Uh, a long time ago I found this weird, old, Uh, older dude, folksy, sort of, little bit of a hippie vibe singer-songwriter. his shit is unhinged and he has one song called if jesus had a gun oh i love it Uh, and his his idea is like yeah if jesus had a gun he like might show it to people but he would never use it (laughs) and this is not ironic this is not satire this is a legit song i need i will have to see if i can find it and send it to you sounds amazing but yeah no this is the only little bit of jesus stuff we really get and it's so odd and forced yeah. in and just like this yeah no yeah. it's like it's like hey jesus it's your birthday it's me your dad god I you, you get one wish you get one wish what do you want to do you want to save the panty girl want to save the girl with the panties above her jeans yeah you want to make sure she doesn't get shot up on Christmas day it's like yeah dad I guess I want that yeah, I guess.
1: Um, but like, yeah, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even go out of the way to say God's birthday or Jesus's birthday. It just says it's not, that's not what I was talking about. Like, I mean, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah. So.
0: Um, uh, it's- Jesse feels like he has to earn his black belt. Like, Aurora earned her theater, but we have no clue, like, why Aurora deserved that theater at all. Like, her uh, Aurora daddy mentions, like, oh, you have so many ideas and stuff. And he's like, apparently she really fucking deserved this theater. She built it brick by brick with her own toddler hands. Uh, To
1: be fair to Aurora... We don't really know why Jesse deserves his black belt either, because he's only done about three fights and he's not very good at karate.
0: And he no, and he's just doing all this shit unsupervised yeah. aside from his sparring matches against the same kid.
1: <laughs> I'd be pissed if it was that kid.
0: <laughs> I would be I would be pissed if I was an adult who worked for years <laughs> to earn my fucking black belt. And just this little bullshit child like earned it in five days because I don't know who my daddy is. Yeah,
1: this film would piss off people like black belt karate people.
0: So next, Jesse drops an insane bombshell in a movie that is already a roller coaster of nonsense and insanity. We get a little bit more. Uh, he has to remain completely silent from now until Christmas Day and focus on one thing, getting dad back. Then he immediately starts doing sit-ups in his bed.
1: So is this an idea of, like, temperance? Like, you can't have sex, you can't eat anything to be, like, holy? Because, like, we talked in my Medieval Europe class about, like, we've talked about Simeon the Stylite on the show before and other Mm -hmm. things. So, like, is it, like, St. Anthony where, like, you have to do all these things to be God's wishes so he can't talk because that's, like...
0: What I think it is, is that Ken Del Vecchio realized that his kid was shit. <laughs> he was like, Hey, what if you don't talk?
1: <laughs> but he's not a good uh, actor without like nonverbal actor either. Like, oh god.
0: No, but we well, not that we see a lot of Jet again, Jesse is the B if not C story in this movie. Absolutely. We don't see a lot of him.
1: We see your favorite
0: Abby Genesis. <laughs> Oh my God, she's the star. She's the star wherever she goes. (laughs) I'm going to put her atop my tree. Uh, Alive, alive. If Abby and the professor are at a bar and the professor is shaming Abby for all her privilege and her wealth throughout her life. Oh, your parent, you had a sweet 16 party and you went to Yale and you never...
1: She calls it a sweet 16 coming out party. What is that? (laughs)
0: I assume it's, like, a, a debutante's ball or something. Like, even though this is taking place in New Jersey, like...
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe Abby was once a glorious southern belle.
1: Maybe, but, like, Sweet 16 coming out party sounds like, like, she's coming out as lesbian on her Sweet 16.
0: No, it, it's a different... I never heard
1: of a coming out party, so I didn't know.
0: The professor is aggressively southern. Yeah. Like, it's more of a southern thing. Okay. I just um, didn't know what that was. She also says that Abby had a pony. Yes. Unlike Bob, who had to work for everything he has and never forgot where he came from.
1: I'm also pretty sure the professor for sure, but Abby might also be drunk. Like, this is where I think Orson Welles' acting came in, where the professor was just like, I'm getting drunk for this scene. and
0: Yeah, uh, she she's going to allude to the spirits giving her spirits a lot during this scene. Abby is going to be aggressively drunk later.
1: Well, we see them shooting
0: alcohol. I
1: wonder if that's yeah, and I wonder if it's just different takes that they just got more and more drunk as many.
0: I I doubt it was real alcohol. You don't think so? Uh, If that's what you're, no, I I don't think. I
1: don't uh, know. They seem pretty tipsy. I've never been drunk, so I don't know how well it was if it was acting or not. But
0: Abby's drunk acting, especially in the scene later, is okay. Yeah, like it's it's fine. Again, Julie McCullough just seems drunk throughout this whole thing, so I, it, it's hard to tell. The The professor has a vision of Eric Roberts on the screen again, and here's where I was trying, still trying to puzzle it out. I noted that Eric Roberts' character is named James Whitmore. In Joker is Wild, it is James Jennings. Oh. Um, so again, it's not the same universe. The people are still acting like it's totally normal for Bob to go to talk about guns at a yep. theater, and here... Uh, I'll, Apparently, this was all part of Aurora's birthday party. Yes. Like, uh, we're going to go. There's going to be people in clown masks and, like, ladies in wild makeup. And my dad's going to give me the theater, and we're going to watch a horror movie. It's going to be a lecture. And then there's going to be a a lecture on uh, conceal and carry or whatever.
1: But, like, also they say somebody in Emma. I don't know who the hell Emma is. I'm guessing that was a different character in Joker's Poltergeist.
0: Uh, I don't remember Emma.
1: The, I think Eric Roberts is just as an like, Emma or something. I'm like, who the fuck
0: is Emma? <sighs> On this watch, I literally did not pay attention to anything Eric Roberts said. Cause I knew it, I knew it meant nothing. I knew it was going nowhere. I knew it was useless. So I was just like, I'm not going to take notes about it. So I'm just going to tune the fuck out. It's all cryptic bullshit anyway.
1: Also James Whitmore is, I that name seems so familiar. So I looked it up. He is a famed Hollywood actor from, like, the 40s or something. Not connecting at all, but I just thought it was interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, do-do-do. Next, Jesse is in bed, tossing and turning again. That's all this fucking kid does. He does. That's all this fucking kid does is beat up on one Asian kid (laughs) to the point where in the beginning his mom has to tell him to take it easy on the kid. (laughs) Again, much like Mark Wahlberg, just hate crimes against the Asian people. Sarah comes to his side... But Abby has arrived arrived home very drunk. Mm -hmm. Sarah and Abby talk. We get some bad comedy. We get another shot of stacks of books about the law written by Del Vecchio.
1: I also love the line, I didn't know he was a karate man and a homeless helper. Uh, Also, Jesse breaks his promise of not talking already because he screams dad at the top of his fucking lungs again.
0: Well, technically he's asleep and doesn't know he's doing it.
1: I still think the kid failed. It's like his black belt.
0: Well, I agree with you. Thank you. I agree with you, and I think God would agree with you. Yes. Uh, Abby eventually breaks down and sobs. Um, still looking so beautiful. God. Awesome. I wish I could be there to com- comfort her, nuzzle her to my bosom. <laughs> now we get one of the movie's most goddamn insane Jesus. scenes, and it's where Mario Del Vecchio becomes a little Kyle MacLachlan. He's a little Dale Cooper. <laughs> um, Jesse calls Aurora's father, hey. and... Oh, it, we now everything's like i don't know if it's a filter or if it's like soft focus or what but everything sort of has a little bit of a dream like quality to it. Well, i think like, i know it's what it is. Softer.
1: is because they're well, shooting Jesse in this film and all these Martin Cove things are from the original film from Joker's Poltergeist because i saw them in the You trailer.
0: think this is from Joker's yes. Poltergeist too.
1: Yeah, that's It's in the trailer.
0: I don't know. It's in the fucking. This part's in the trailer.
1: Yes, this part. This
0: seems. This is the only thing that seems specific to this film.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it's in. I think I saw this in Joker's Poltergeist.
0: Holy shit! Okay, here's what happens. So it starts out with Aurora Daddy reading a book out loud in tandem with a woman, Mm -hmm. and he he as he's reading, he picks up his cordless phone. And he, he reads the last little bit of a line into the phone, something about being a criminal. And Jesse tells him, my father isn't a criminal. He, he, my only loyalty is to my father. And he, and Jesse needs Aurora daddy to teach him a very important private lesson. Yes. What this lesson is. Who the fuck? Jesse knows that Aurora daddy is in a beautiful place. Now, unlike the, unlike New Jersey, which is cold. We, we learned that James Whitmore was security officer at Jesse's school oh, yeah. and the theater. And so Jesse and Aurora have a bond. Mm-hmm. And it's really sounding like Aurora daddy is dead. That, okay. It sounds like. Uh,
1: so that's where I wanted to pick up is you said about my whole thing of uh, whatever the hell his name is. Jesse's dad is dead. The reason why I still thought that is cuz yes, I agree. I think Martin Cove's in heaven because that's he says you're in a better place, you're in a warmer place. So yeah, he's so I think he's in heaven. But then I didn't write down the line, but Martin Cove basically says something like, "Oh, well your dad's here too or your dad's over there" or something. Um
0: I didn't pick up on that.
1: There's some dumb line like that and I'm like, that's why I think because we know Martin Cove got shot. I don't know Martin Cove's name.
0: Mm, I I just call him Aurora Mr. Daddy. Mr.
1: Palace, I think, or something. But I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so like, Martin Coe's... If we think he's dead, which uh, we know he gets shot by James Whitmore because it says he is. Um, and then so I feel like at the very end of the film we'll get to it and everything, but I feel like his dad... I feel like his whole mission with these 12 Herculean tasks is not to bring his dad back from being missing. He's bringing him back from the afterlife,
0: Oh, interesting! That's interesting and a much more interesting tack than the movie takes. Like I think you're, I think you're meeting the movie like ninety nine percent of the way. Yeah, I think you're just filling in gaps that aren't there.
1: I'm trying, Um, Brian. I'm
0: trying. No, well, you don't have to try. (laughs) You don't have to. You don't have to make the movie good. Um, That's true. Aurora Daddy asks Jesse if he remembers how he taught him how to fight and their creed. (laughs) Jesse says they never met, but he still knows it. The creed is loyalty, unconditional loyalty to their loved ones. And Jesse says the only way he can modify Whitmore is getting that black belt Mm -hmm. and a powerful force is guiding him to it. And here it sounds like, again, as we've already mentioned, the Eric Roberts shit nothing to do with this movie no nothing to do with this movie it, right now it's sounding like oh maybe jesse's gonna fight eric roberts or like yeah eric roberts is going to be the big villain or something no but eric that's roberts not where this is going this film. no he's he's in the past we're looking at echoes he's
1: in joker's poltergeist he's not in this film
0: Yes. He's a he's almost a poltergeist himself. And Jesse says he used to be his father's student. Now Jesse is the teacher. Jesse's the Bob Daddy. Oh. And he has to guide his dad home. Aurora Daddy reminds him he can't be loyal to everything at once, which means nothing in the context of this film.
1: Everything all at uh, once though.
0: Oh yeah. Michelle Yo shows up uh and just uh eats Mario Del Vecchio's fingernails in order to become a black belt herself
1: well I think the Daniels stole this the title of their film from this movie they were all watching <laughs> watching a karate Christmas miracle and they're like, ah oh, that's what I'm gonna call my amazing
0: that's what I'm gonna call I'm gonna call one third of the title of our masterpiece so Aurora daddy hangs up and Jesse wakes bolt upright in his de- in his bed and I guess he was just dreaming about communing with the dead. Abby goes to her office where I guess it's implied that she brought the framed picture of Bob from home, but I thought she just like had it on her table and was like, I'm going to pick it up, cuddle it a little bit, but all the same, like weird choice to just now bring a picture of your possibly dead husband to your workplace. Her boss drops in to remind her about the applesauce meeting. Then in comes the professor with some Christmas decorations. She still seems lit as fuck. And it turns out the professor has had another vision about Bob. And Abby is doubtful, although she has ample proof of Elizabeth's – of Elizabeth's powers. Anyway, she's got to get to that meeting. Mm-hmm. Applesauce, Ian. I know. It's the other white meat.
1: <laughs> but, like, this is the part where I said about – it was did a good job of criticizing mentalism. Because, like, when she says that and everything, and she's like, I don't think, like – all of your predictions have been wrong. You're just kind of making things up out of thin air. And you're like, yeah, no, that's that's what mentalism is. That's what psychics are.
0: Yeah, it really and is. And
1: they write it right off. But I'm just saying, like, they make a good argument for why mentalism isn't real, even though they're not trying to do that.
0: Abby races through the halls with Elizabeth following her. The professor eventually tells her she stopped being a professional psychic because she saw a vision of her fiancé dying. yeah. So she didn't marry him, figuring that would keep him from dying. Mm -hmm. And Abby is shocked, shocked at this revelation. But she's still intent on getting to that meeting. And Elizabeth tells her that she's losing her son and that she is a Scrooge.
1: See, can you imagine that conversation between Elizabeth and her husband? And she's like, hey, the good news is we marry and we're happy. We have a wonderful life. Or the bad news is you fucking die
0: not that I'm creating headcam for this film, but I assume that professor Elizabeth just like broke it off with her bow. And she was like, yeah. I can't marry you future corpse.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he also like, she says like, Oh, well he doesn't want to speak to me anymore. I was like, yeah.
0: Cause he thinks you're fucking insane. But yeah, Abby's like, well, did he die? How's he doing now? And Elizabeth is like, fuck if I know he stopped talking to me, bitch. Abby's still intent on going to this meeting. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth calls her, uh Scrooge, which is unfair. Again, like no one's calling Bob a dick, like just because the just because this beautiful, this remarkably beautiful woman, mm-hmm. this heavenly figure, is getting her own sisters doing it for themselves. She's the enemy, public enemy number one. Call fucking J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> but they uh, eventually, Abby relents. And she decides to go with Elizabeth, and they go to the Caldwell campus do. again because they could easily get filming rights there. <laughs> I don't know whether I honestly believe Ken Delvecchio Vecchio ever got filming permits anywhere. No. I think he just had his wife go like, "Oh, that's my husband, Ken. He's the God Emperor of the Earth, so you should just let him film here." Um, I
1: forgot his uh, wife worked at Caldwell or works at Caldwell
0: this is where elizabeth had her vision where she saw bob but that was a year ago Mm -hmm. it turns out and bob was going to tell abby something important but she got home late from work because she's a workaholic mom and bob went missing and again this all apparently happened on christmas day everyone's a bitch in this scenario
1: i also love how elizabeth justifies her like psychics with like well, how would I know all these things? How would I know that this is here and this Christmas stuff? And it's like, lady, you literally work on this campus. You probably yeah. pass by this every day.
0: Because they're sitting in a gazebo. Yeah. And it turns out that that gazebo was built by Bob Genesis. Because he's such a good guy. Because, and we learned this because Abby finds a framed piece of paper in the mulch <laughs> that says built generously by Bob Genesis. Oh, yeah. And I can only assume that Bob was is such a powerhouse, is such a fucking ubermensch, that he built this entire gazebo with just his dick. Yeah, He lifted the boards, he hammered the nails with just his powerful phallus. <laughs> the dynamic duo leave when Elizabeth gets another vision. Mm-hmm. They go off to follow this lead, or do they? Because the next scene is jesse at home doing some shitty karate where his opponent is the couch he's fighting the couch. he's fighting the couch and i don't even know that the couch doesn't win i mean
1: this is probably the the final boss fight we get in this film of his karate power <laughs> it's
0: like a it's like a soulsborne uh fight where the last bot is boss is never as hard as all the ones you encountered meanwhile abby has painted the birdhouse mm-hmm. and screams for a what feels like a solid 5 minutes for Jesse to come look at her neon abomination. It's
1: like shit.
0: <laughs> it does not look good. But here's the other thing. Is Jesse said they were supposed to paint this together? Yeah. And Abby just did it by her hot ass self. Like I understand like get it girl. But at the same time like and but it doesn't matter cuz Jesse is still happy yeah, the- that she painted the birdhouse. Here's where Abby is wearing the shirt for the Hoboken International Film Festival. Jesse takes Abby to the Christmas tree in their house, which is adorned with Jesse's karate belts. He has her lazily add his red belt to the tree. Like, she puts it, like, half on. She's like, I'll fix it later.
1: <laughs> and we see her fix it.
0: She does fix it. But it's, like, such a weird thing where it's, like, it's such an awkward, obviously, filmmaking thing where it's, like, no, you can't cross in front of the fence. In front of the camera, yeah. Mila. So you just just say you'll fix it later. Jesse just needs to earn his brown and black belts. Next day at the office, Abby's boss is not pleased that she missed the applesauce meeting. No. Even though it seemed to go off fine. And Abby's boss is like, You're the most work-is first person I know. Abby defends her decisions and finally realizes how much of her life she's missed
1: yeah so the film paints this guy as a villain like oh he's just a scrooge he's not in the christmas spirit and everything but like he's he is right i mean you can't just skip meetings and not tell anyone like if she-
0: yeah no she should have been like hey uh and she should have at least lied and been like hey my kid's sick yeah. i gotta go
1: like if but she- at the same well,
0: time it, sound it sounds like you
1: just fucking left <laughs> and he does not even apologize
0: then the scene just kind of ends yeah And next we see Abby going to the dojo, which is apparently opened at like 9 a.m. on Christmas Eve. I don't know. For children. I don't know. And she sees Jesse fighting the same kid he has fought literally every single time. Jesse, of course, wins. And this scene ends. That was a nice 20-second scene of Jesse just triumphing.
1: Do you think Ken Del Vecchio bought this dojo? No. Like he's just got so much money, he's just like, I don't want to get buying rights, so I'll just buy it.
0: It would not surprise me if Ken Del Vecchio like walked into this dojo and was like There's a lot of violations in here, Mr. Miyagi. You know, I, I have a I'm a I used to be a lawyer. I could get you in real trouble. It's awful. But uh if you let me film in here. Oh, I I, I can I can see Ken Vecchio throwing his quote-unquote weight around. Oh,
1: what? Was that his dick?
0: No, just his uh, supposed influence in the community. Oh, yeah. You know, I met Donald Trump.
1: I made Karate Christmas. Well, I'm going to make Karate Christmas miracle
0: here. I'm going to make Karate Christmas miracle, and I'll be the most miracle Karate Christmas ever.
1: Is that FDR?
0: No, that was JFK. Oh, that makes
1: more sense.
0: Cut to Professor Elizabeth lecturing on her computer, and she is talking to people in the North Sentinelese Island. In the North Sentinel Island, somehow, and if you're not familiar, the North Sentinelese people became big news in 2018 when they killed a Christian missionary who was trying to come preach to them. And... They should have killed him. I'm glad they did. I am too, yeah. That guy was a dick. Yes, but they are a, a famous uncontacted tribe, but somehow they have internet connection for this drunk lady from New Jersey to just talk to them about Frosty the Snowman.
1: And they're not listening. They're like running.
0: Around. They're not listening. No, they're just doing uh, stereotypical tribal stuff. And uh, the the worst cap on this is Abby comes in and she closes the laptop. And the professor protests that she was trying to teach them international law because they're a real lawless bunch. Oh, God. Didn't
1: you just ha 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 that one?
0: I busted so many guts <laughs> that I started busting nuts. <laughs> the The pain, it became like a hellraiser pain of like just my guts busting from laughter so hard that it became uh, a pleasurable Elizabeth has another vision of Eric Roberts, more flashes of Aurora and Aurora daddy and Bob all being very cryptic. Bob visits Aurora in the hospital. And this vision shakes Elizabeth so badly that surprise, surprise, she needs a drink. (laughs) And every time they go for a drink, she makes Abby pay. Yep. That's why Abby would be, like, my sugar mama. Like, she would just get to feast on my gorgeous, corpulent body and my luxurious pelt of hair. Like, I, I'd provide the beef cake, she'd provide the cheesecake, and the uh, money cake. They go to the bar. While there, Elizabeth runs into her skinny, George Went looking ex fiance. Oh, God. And it turns out he didn't die. He didn't. And he just got remarried to someone who was not a fucking crazy person. This encounter also shakes Elizabeth because if Mark was is alive, maybe that means Bob is dead and her visions are all fucked up and stupid. Suddenly Abby thinks she hears Bob's voice. so she So she and Elizabeth race to the men's room, but it's not Bob. Also, how loud was this dude being in the men's room that is like... And doesn't he say something like I need help or something? And it's like
1: uh, it's like the Austin Powers scene where he's like taking a shit and the guy's
0: like, I need help. Yes, with Tom Arnold. Elizabeth tells Abby that maybe all the visions are Bob wanting to show Abby all the good things he did. Which uh sweet, Bob, like so cool of you to just be like up in heaven, be like, Abby, I don't think you think I'm awesome enough. I was
1: amazing. Don't you remember?
0: Why do you not think I'm cooler, Abby? Even, even more though you're my I'm child cooler. bride. Remember when I abducted you from your parents and made you marry me and carry my seed? Remember, he gave birth to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, Bob's just a, a that's I like. I would prefer like a nasty ghost, like an angry ghost, instead of this bragging shithead ghost. Jacob like Marley. It's just like. Yeah, well, Jacob Marley admitted that he was a, a shitty person right. and was still haunting Scrooge. But like Bob, De, er, uh, Bob Delvecchio, so Bob Genesis is just like, yo, bitch, I
1: was great. <laughs> Look at what I did. I'm so amazing.
0: I'll build a gazebo. I have. What's. What you ever do aside, give birth to our son? I
1: fed homeless people. You made fun of them.
0: Abby faces that Bob isn't coming back and thanks Elizabeth for all her help with everything. And Elizabeth, probably because she's drunk and feeling shitty, tells Abby that she's a good mama. Abby invites Elizabeth to Christmas Eve dinner, but Elizabeth's parents are in town. So instead, Abby invites her to Christmas Day afternoon Mm -hmm. when Jesse is supposed to earn his self-taught black belt, and Elizabeth agrees. Cut to Christmas Day night. Yes. Which, granted, it could be like 4 o'clock. It could still be the afternoon. Abby, her parents, Elizabeth, are talking, and Jesse is doing more shitty Mm push-ups where it just looks like he's trying to fuck. Apparently all Jesse needs to do to earn his black belt is to break a board with his hand. Such bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think this is real. Uh, Abby's parents discuss who should hold the board. So we get some last minute, terrible comedy. Abby states, states that she will hold the board. And Jesse breaks the board. Ah! Who would have thunk it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Yes. Oh, Mario Del Vecchio board breaking champion. Of the 10-year-old faction. And now, in literally, 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 the fucking moment he does so, his father comes in, not through the front door, but through the back sliding glass door, which is unlocked for some reason.
1: It gets revealed to us that Dad was just locked outside on the patio for a year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It, It almost seems like that, because... Because Jesse runs and hugs his dad and says, "You escaped. I knew you would." And Bob says, "I did. I escaped. Escaped from fucking where?" Thank you.
1: I wrote that too.
0: From <laughs> again, we think like the Eric Roberts shit is going to come back in. Like he was holding Dan hostage, which seems like is p- plausible, but like, it, like what the fuck? And at this exact moment, and also, this is a terrible message to children where it's like, if you even if you do this crazy ass task, people who are gone will come back. Yeah. And in Bob, Bob is not even like one, why didn't Bob go to the hospital or to the police? He just wanders into his family's home, and his first priority on coming home and seeing his son break the board, Bob presents Jesse with the black belt. Which is a big, is as a bigger emotional moment than him coming home after a year of being missing. God. And Abby states this is a true Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. End movie. What the fuck? Where was Bob for a year? <laughs> what did Eric Roberts have to do with anything? What the fuck is the meaning of this movie? What is any of this bullshit? I have so many questions. I don't fucking know what I just watched. It's so goddamn nuts. It's so goddamn nuts, oh. and I'm so glad I watched it. This is vanity. This is incompetence. Oh. This is beauty.
1: Yeah, I want to see um, – we talk about, like, David Lynch. I want to see on his, like, fucking weather thing, videos he puts out. And he's like, hey, I just watched this new film, A Karate Christmas Miracle. It's really good. You guys should watch it. <laughs>
0: The tradition of Twin Peaks lives long in the work of Kenneth Del Vecchio.
1: He was an extra on the Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me movie.
0: He kept bothering Laura Palmer.
1: (laughs) He was the baby in a racer head.
0: I'm I'm not going to talk about people's looks. Um, (laughs) But, uh, Ian, is there anything else you would like to say about a Karate Christmas Miracle.
1: No, I just, it's, oh God, it's something. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen, and it's the perfect
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's wild as shit. It is. So I don't know what we'll do next week. Last year, we did sort of a year-end wrap-up where Billy and I talked about movies we saw together. Uh, that don't fit with the show, and that we just wanted to talk about. Maybe we'll do that if you're available. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll take the week off. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to the next year of One Thousand wise Weird. And to end this episode, I I have two Christmas singles I could drop right now, mm. but um, I've decided to go with this. Is, this is a parody I've been working on for years. It's. Uh, a parody of Rod Stewart's Maggie May. It's a Christmas parody of Maggie May. I don't have all of it down yet. Okay. And I'm not a great singer, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of it if you're ready, if you're receptive, absolutely. If you if you want to receive the Christmas spirit,
1: of course.
0: <laughs> Let me just warm up. Is that part of it? No, that's just my warm up. Um,
1: that sound like Rod right. Stewart. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's what Rod Stewart sounds like when he's uh, uh, trying to hurl up all that cum. From the seamen? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what cum is, Ian.
1: No, seamen. Okay. No, did you not ever hear the story about Rod Stewart?
0: That's what I'm referring to with cum.
1: Yeah, but he got seamen from seamen.
0: I, I was not aware that they, they were Navy lads.
1: Yeah, no, he was on a boat and they were all seamen, they were men at sea. And yet it is okay.
0: <laughs> You're ruining Christmas. I'm sorry. You should be.
1: I'm the opposite of Kirk Cameron.
0: Wake up Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. It's late December and I know a baby that's pretty cool. They say he's the king of the Jews, the son of God, they infuse. Ah, oh, Magi, you gotta go see this kid. He's helping the blind to see, and he's curing my leprosy. Ah, oh, Magi, didn't I forget this part? <laughs> So hop onto your camel, cause man, it's time to ramble on Bethlehem way. That big bright star shining in the sky really guides the way. All right, I forget the rest. I'm going to cut that out. That was uh, I I have a lot of it written down somewhere. Um, The other the other song was uh, maybe I'll include this so this is my christmas original it's it's, Hmm. i guess it's technically a parody but i feel it's more an original okay um away in a manger no crib for his bed the little lord jesus laid down his sweet head The ox and the ass and the bird and the frog have made him a bed out of a hollow log. Animal party, animal party, animal party for baby Jesus. The dog and the cat and the bison and shrew have known by God just what to do. They gather the straw, they gather the hay for little Jesus' birthday. Animal party, animal party, Animal a party for baby Jesus.